Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees, Season 4, Episode 1. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray Blanford from All About Windows Phone. And I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. Welcome back, guys. Uh, so here we are, sat in August, as promised. Woo-hoo. I know, I know. <laughs> All right. It's pretty dark outside. It is <laughs> a bit dark outside. It's actually the beginning of October. Uh, I think we've we slightly missed our deadline, didn't we? Really, uh, but in in my in my defence, I've been busy. So I was off uh, whilst we were away. I was off working at the Paralympics. Did you win, by the way? I, I person I personally wasn't participating on account of <laughs> no, not, not being an elite level athlete. No, but, I mean your team. You know, the- uh, no, we came fourth, which was very disappointing. Oh. I was working on the wheelchair basketball competition, which was distressing because we we lost out on a bronze medal, uh, having <sighs> having won one in Beijing. But uh, that and an extended period of service helping her. Majesty the Queen uh, administer the justice system in the UK. I've been on jury service as well. Yeah. So I, I have, yeah. So um, I'm now back. I'm was free. he guilty? Uh, actually, yes, he was. He done he done it, but I don't want to talk about it for obvious reasons. Okay. But yes, I'm, I'm now back in circulation, and uh, I'm going to go back to doing my day job. So uh, it's been a, a busy old couple of months since we've been away. You, mm. uh, McLeod, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I've been in Beijing. I was in Beijing for a week for a conference, CIBTM. That's the Chinese Incentive and Business Travel Market meetings that, that, yeah. that rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? See, Chinese incentive and business travel market. Yes, I think that's right. I was speaking there. I had a great time talking to the assembled Chinese uh, meetings industry people about the growth on the implications of mobile, which is going to well, like mobile is affecting almost every industry. It's really going to change the, uh, the the business meetings and travel marketplace. I had a great time there, and I, I actually walked around in Beijing and I was just astonished at all the phones in use and all the smartphones, particularly all the Android devices everywhere. Just just astonishing. Rafe Blanford, you've been mostly staying in, have you? Uh, yes, I've been mainly staying in, but I did, did find time to uh, go and watch some Olympics and Paralympics. And yes, I watched our uh, wheelchair basketball team get steamrolled by the Canadians and that particularly good chap whose name escaped me right now but I'm sure Ben knows the tall one who scored loads and loads of points uh, Patrick, Patrick Anderson that's yes. right but, uh, did I you did, see Ben when you were there? Uh, I didn't I looked out for him I could see him tweeting away but I couldn't actually identify where he was sitting so my, my, right. office, my office was subterranean below in the bowels of the building I wasn't allowed out so I was doing important busy work for the Federation oh, right. <laughs> yeah. but I did find some uh, time to go off to New York the main reason for that of course was visiting one of our number one fans of 361 degrees so hello to Andy Hagen hello Andy uh, thank you very much for showing me some of Central I, Park I didn't realise we were doing visits to uh, each one of our listeners now I mean it won't take long obviously you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, thanks Andy well, we'll, we'll be out to the other listeners <laughs> as soon as possible well if I'm completely honest I was actually there for the Nokia Windows Phone 8 handset launch so uh, seeing the Lumia 920 and the 820 which no doubt we'll get onto at some point this season uh, um, quick, yes, in, in a word Blanford I was really impressed oh that was I was really okay, it's more than a word okay cool uh, so and you saw Windows 8 stuff and saw some of Windows Phone 8 stuff there's more to come I understand were you allowed to touch it Yes, I was allowed to touch it, but the only thing you could do was unlock it, look at the start screen, and move the start screen up and down and take a few pictures. And there were various uh, PR drones sort of around to make sure you didn't do anything you weren't supposed to. All this was uh, Microsoft imposed secrecy because they wanted to have another bite of the cherry on October the 29th. And, uh, of course, when Rafe Blanford is in the room, uh, security is always required just to keep him calm and, uh, and behaving himself. So uh, that's what we've been doing whilst we've been away. But, of course, there has been a, a, a metric tonne of news uh, whilst we've been away. And uh, we're going to try and get caught up on that. But uh, we didn't really want to rehash 
what you would have the commentary you would have heard elsewhere. So this week we are going to be talking about Apple again, surprisingly, who have been in the uh, the forefront of most of the news. But we wanted to revisit back at the end of season two, we did a podcast where we we said that we thought Apple were the new Nokia, and the the reasoning there was that. Uh, it was about how the life cycle of the life cycle of mobile ecosystems, which sounds a bit bit long windy, but basically I seem to remember Rafe Blanford telling us that mobile phone ecosystems had a lifespan of about six years, if memory serves. And after six years, stuff began to get difficult. So, Rafe, remind us why. Essentially, because you're designing the requirements of the ecosystem or the platform for a fixed point in time, but the mobile industry is moving so quickly that the requirements change. And you can make a certain number of patches, if you like, to keep things current and up to date. But the further you move away from the date at which you drew your requirements, the harder that gets. And things start to look flaky and they start to look like they've been bolted onto something that already exists. So notifications on, on the iOS It's the perfect platform. example. Yeah. And we said at the time that whilst, the different, whilst there were notice, noticeable differences between Apple and Nokia that they would have the same problem, the same cycle, the same challenges that, that Nokia had faced and Nokia had jumped to Windows Phone and, and that's a quite a you know, controversial decision but it was a decision, it was a clear way forward to address that problem. We don't know whether it's going to work or not yet. Uh, but then we said, but we wonder what Apple will do and when that problem will begin to hit Apple because we could begin to see some signs. And whilst we've been away, whoosh, new iPhone has come out and iOS 6 has arrived and... What do we think, gentlemen? Is that proof that Apple will buck the trend, or do we think that that's actually already been to show now? I, I think it's really, really showing that uh, we're showing its age. I think they are going to have to start panicking soon because they are just using iOS iOS six for the last couple of day or weeks. Uh, it's patently clear. It's a, it really is a Fisher Price operating system compared to the others out there now. Uh, I just even if when I, I was trying to see if you guys have sent a message to me today. I can't see that anywhere on the flipping device, right? If you send a text, it comes in, then it disappears, right? I, I can't see any notifications anywhere. I have to actually keep going back to the front page just to see if I get any text messages. It's simply not good enough. And all the, the, the recent nonsense with the launch, I'm, I'm thinking Maps in particular, uh, has really made it very clear to me that yes, we were entirely right back in season two. Here they are. This is Apple beginning to fail, as we were discussing. You and McLeod in, I was right all along, shocker. Well, no, 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 I'm saying we were right okay. all along. Yeah, I think it's been, it's been interesting, hasn't it? Because everyone's been really focused on maps. And then we'll come back and talk about maps in just a second. But there were some other big changes in in iOS 6 as well. You know, the, the inclusion of the, the social piece, it also wraps up the, the, the sharing directly from the notification mm. screen. Um, you also, it supported the new hardware layout as well, didn't it? It yeah. improved the camera software, a uh, bunch, bunch of other changes as well. But it strikes me that it was not only just quite evolutionary, which is a, an obvious thing to say because it was a, another sort of point release and another incremental change that Apple always do, but actually... Apple are beginning to show their weaknesses now more uniformly across the piece. Yeah. And it used, to do, it used to be that um, you'd look at their occasional failures and they would be rare, exceptional things. But now on the uh, iPhone 5, as you, t- as you get it, you've got Maps, which are quite broken. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about a second. You've got Siri, which is a beta product. 
you've got nearly all of the apps in the App Store needing to be refreshed in order to work with the new screen resolution. Uh, you've got you know sort of various other sort of performance or bug it, bugs and things like that. And I think it also extends to the hardware to a certain extent. It's not quite as special as it used to be. You know, you can get good quality hardware from another manufacturer. And there's a couple of things that you know bring up to mind in particular. The design didn't change radically in quite the way I think that people were maybe expecting because it was, you know, an every other year mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. But also looking at the, you know, the new connector, that was controversial for a number of reasons. Oh. But I thought it was really interesting that it suddenly got people talking about why did Apple do that? And it, it's pretty obvious why it had to shrink down. And it, yep. they were right to change it. Yes, no it question. Change, yeah. uh, but making it reversible, they're saying it's all about the user experience. It's clearly not true. It's about having a sort of lock into Apple and having licensing on their, you know, accessories. Because, yes, it's great that it's reversible, but is that really better than using something like micro USB, which would have been universal? Yeah, but it's $30 a pop, and it's going to be very difficult for you to manufacture it. And, uh, no, and that's a, a business reason a for Apple to do it, which, honestly, I think is the right thing for them to do. They want that level of control in their, their kind of experience. But I don't really think you can make the uh, argument that it's the best possible thing for consumers. So let's, let's focus this down then, because... We, we said we were going to talk about maps, um, mm. and so, so let's, let's unpack this then. My, my suggestion to you, gentlemen, is that if you look at maps, you see, knock, uh, you see Apple have finally hit something which is so big and so hard for them to do, it doesn't matter how much money they have, it's just too big a challenge for them to get you've got right. You've got to put the work in. Too difficult to get right first time out of the gate. And what they've tried to do is to do what they normally do, which is to say, if we build something from scratch, it would be better than everyone else's, and that it now is proving not to be the case. Well, it's also an example of, you know, Apple is vertically integrated. It's tried to do everything itself internally. And there comes a point in any company, whatever industry you talk about, where, you know, vertical integration starts to break down and having things done horizontally is more efficient. You can talk about corporate structure or business theory, and I think that's a good example with Maps because the requirement has changed. It used to be about a single app. Fine, we'll license that from Google. It's now become about having a a location platform because location is seen as fundamental in all sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. So that's a very different requirement and very much harder, as Ben says, to create. So just just to help me understand a minute, because I don't I don't do, yeah. Let's I talk do, about the failure point here. Well, what was the output? I, I want I just before we do that, I want to do right. the I want to unpack some of the Rafe speak uh, <laughs> about the horizontal and the vertical, and just uh, for, for people who for people who don't live in Rafe world, just explain briefly what that means, because I think it might be an important point, but it was slightly clouded by the use of the word horizontal, which makes me think lying down. Well, <laughs> well what what I mean by that is when you think of a. Uh, you know, something that's put together, often it's sourced from multiple different companies. Think about uh, something like Google and Android. It has the handset manufacturers, it has the chipset manufacturers, and they all do their own piece, and it's a bit that they're expert at, and that they are, you know, essentially the business is structured around that. Whereas Apple tries to do its own chipsets, actually a lot of the time it's other people doing the chipset work. It does do so outsource the manufacturing, but the reality is it's trying to do its own manufacturing as well with the complexity of the contracts it has with its Chinese ODMs. And it's doing all the software and it's trying to do maps. And so that's a, a very different approach um, to everyone else in the mobile industry. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's the wrong approach because actually I think we're seeing more and more companies moving towards trying to provide the complete experience. 
But actually, from a, a business point of view, it doesn't necessarily so make they should, sense they, to do it all within your own company. They should be controlling the experience. They should be controlling and maybe licensing bits from the right place. And, and in a sense, they are kind of doing that with chipsets, but they like to pretend that they're designing the chipsets themselves. The reality is most of that technology is coming from ARM. It's just how it's bolted together is down to Apple. Right. So now the output of that, that, this is what really interests me, is when I installed the new version, didn't bother looking at maps because it was at night when I, I did the installation, then, oh, I think I had a quick look, went, all right, fine, then moved on. Thought it doesn't look as good, but that's fine. And then the next day I was trying to get somewhere, and that's where it was a complete screw-up. I mean, utter screw-up. And I really, the shine went away completely, utterly completely. And I, I started thinking Android or anything else, please, that has proper maps. So was that kind of a breaking of the mirror? Because you used it, your iPhone just working, essentially. Yes, and it, it just didn't work. I mean, it, it, I, I had to look at it because I was in Canary Wharf, and I said, look, show me where this West Ferry address is. And it put me in a different island in Canary Wharf. And then that can't be right. And then I had to second guess. And the moment you have to second guess, the moment I have to think, no, no, that's wrong. Um, and then I also realized that what I don't use maps as most people probably used to use maps 10 years ago, right? We all use maps as search yeah. What I mean is I'm searching for a location. I'm not actually looking for a map to that. I'm actually searching for a, an item. You're using it as a, a simple index to yes. link your digital with your digital Show me world. where the hotel is. Mm-hmm. Show me where, and uh, another good example is I did a search for the Gherkin, right, which is the, the name of um, the, the, bu- the building in central London, uh, Square Mark, the St. Mary Axe or St. Mary Axe, something like that. I can't remember. Thanks, I don't guys, care, right, because it's the Gherkin, listening. right, okay? Yeah. Um, and I spelt Gherkin wrong in the Apple Maps, couldn't find it. It actually took me to the German School of Language or something, right? Ridiculous. <laughs> and I knew, I mean, this is Apple we're talking about, right? It's du- there's a 40 or 50% margin on this flipping device, right? And I pay that. Part of the reason for doing that is it just flipping works. And that, so when I brought, I had to bring up Google, I'm standing there on the street feeling like a complete tit. We like to say that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and thinking, I spent the money, why don't I buy 100 quid nonsense Android phone because it would work immediately right this, this functionality or why did I upgrade why did I not stay on 5 which is, there, is, there is by the way a ton of people sitting around going haha yeah I haven't upgraded feeling good about themselves I think that's stupid by the way uh, I have I have to go out and bring up maps.google.co.uk type in gherkin I'm spelling it wrong okay so the fault is with me Google then says oh uh, you probably you mean gherkin g-h uh, find it immediately. I had to use that to navigate. That, gentlemen, is a complete failure point. You have reduced the value of my experience dramatically. And, and I can imagine that, that all around the place there are people sitting around saying, it doesn't matter. Maps is just one program that's got a little bit of a problem with it. And my, my least favorite but most commonly observed argument now is, don't worry, they'll fix it. They'll get to it. But like you... And they've apologised and said you can use a third party one, so it must be all right. We didn't mean it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a bumper. The the guy who writes Fake Steve, who I know irritates a a lot of people, uh, did this fantastic post that said uh, Tim Cook's apology has magically rectified all of the problems and the maps are no longer wrong because he's apologised for them, (laughs) which was was a sort of slightly, uh, you know, kind of uh, argumentative way of putting it. But the problem problem there is twofold. One is I, like you, now... Don't trust it. Uh, no. I did the upgrade, and uh, as I've said to a few people, I've discussed it with online. My local railway station no longer exists. There, there's no railway station to be found. If you if you type in the name of my local railway station, so and so station, and so you search for so and so station, 
uh, it produces one search result in New South Wales in Australia, which is 10,000 miles away. Now, that's ludicrous for two reasons. One is that the station has been there for several hundred years, so you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it should be fairly easy to find. But also, if there was an error with a map, let's say, and that station was missed off, there are a thousand stations within you know, spitting distance in southeast London. What, why wouldn't I see a nearby one? Or why wouldn't I see one in uh, That's because you're in, looking in for search. And what they've delivered is maps, or a rubbish version of maps. And I have to say that the, the, thing, that, the thing that sort of really put me off, though, was I, I had that conversation. And, and so I said, OK, right, I won't do any more um, searching. I accept that that's not going to work. I'll use Google for that. But what about if I just use turn-by-turn driving directions? Because they've gone out and they've bought maps from TomTom, so... I'll use that. And maybe if I try and use it for what it was intended for, and, and for listeners, I'm okay. doing bunny ears because I don't think Maps is just intended for that. But, but you're, you're doing it the right way. But if I use it the Apple way, yeah. you know, if, I, if I fall in, maybe it will Holding work. it correctly. Yeah. And I, so that I drove a journey that I knew, and uh, roundabouts were shown as junctions. Uh, there's no uh, lane departure warnings, the same as my te- five-year-old TomTom, you know, yeah. desktop, uh, sorry, uh, dashboard uh, navigator shows. Um, there was all kinds of mistakes and errors, and certainly, it, you know, there was no there was no advance warning that I needed to turn off. And so, even that doesn't work particularly well. So, both both potential use cases destroyed my confidence. Now, as you're saying, now I don't trust maps. And that reminds me that I don't bother with Siri because it's not properly in, it doesn't properly work in the UK either. And then it reminds me that I don't use the mail client and I use Sparrow instead because it doesn't really tie in with Gmail. And then it reminds me of all of the other niggles. And now I've got a device which actually sort of I've got a general sense of irritation about because it does lots of things really well, but it's now crystallizing that sense that actually there are quite a lot of things that aren't quite right, whereas they used to always feel small. They're now coalescing into a much larger sense of dissatisfaction. You know what? I, uh, the, the night of the launch, I delighted in the fact... And now, let's just, can I just do a test with you guys? Did you delight with me in the fact that I saw the little notification pop up or I actually went and retrieved the download notification in the settings and pressed upgrade and just I did it on all three devices at the same time? Utter confidence. Utter confidence in Apple, delighting the fact that I can do this because I remember how difficult it was upgrading a Nokia or upgrading any phone or, or not being able to upgrade a phone, frankly, a Siemens SL45, I remember, you couldn't do anything with it, right? Your problem. Or, or alternatively, with some of the Android devices, you wait for your uh, local, your <sighs> network uh, operator to approve a certain firmware right. build, yes. and you know, so, you're never quite sure if it's going to update or not. And I was delighting in that. I mean, that's why I'm paying the money. It's why I'm part of the ecosystem. I'm loving that. The that next, bit was magical. Uh, that was utterly magical. Okay, it's the next day I'm thinking, this is a 200 quid phone that I paid 600 quid for, and it doesn't make me feel good. And the feeling, I think, is a real problem, because that's what Apple trade on, right? Feeling emotion. So, so here's, here's my hypothesis then, because I'm, I'm watching, on, the, I'm watching yes. the time, and I want to sort of move us on, which is maps are rubbish. They're particularly rubbish, I think, <laughs> for us in the UK. Uh, it's, it, and it does vary yeah. globally, but they're particularly bad for us in the UK, and mm. they're certainly... I haven't met anyone yet who's had a better experience. At, at, at worst, it is as good as the old, the old system, right. and it should have been a step up in, in many ways. But then you say, does this is this another kind of one-off cock-up that will get fixed, or does this really show us that Apple has some kind of structural fundamental issue? And my suggestion would be that Apple are struggling to do services 
that they are really struggling to do anything bigger than the on-the-handset experience because the on-the-handset experience stuff is overwhelmingly good in the majority. There's some stuff that's not to my taste, but other people like it. But look at Mobile Me, look at Siri, look at Maps, look at a lot of the other sort of cloud service pieces. Look at iCloud, for Mm -hmm. example, which works well, but go and ask a developer what it's like to write an application that uses iCloud, and the screaming will be audible from miles and miles away. And I think that now we're seeing Apple, outside of their comfort zone, beginning to struggle, and it's Rafe's six-year rule, but with uh, Nokia, it was the tie-in to the hardware and the Symbian ecosystem that was the problem. Here, it's Apple's lack of talent in cloud services, stuff that's away now, from why the is headset. That? Okay. I think it's not even necessarily lack of lack of talent because there's some very smart people working for Apple and you know they can bring in the smart people. I actually think it's they have the wrong attitude towards services. And I think Maps is in some ways the perfect example of this. They tend to see it as just an app. Now, there is some element of it being a, a service available to third-party applications. But as far as that is concerned, that's less important because that's not their experience piece. That's third-party developers. And I think the lessons that have been learned from maps everywhere else is it has to be a fairly fundamental platform play. And that's why, you know, you've seen a company like Nokia spend, I think it was $8 billion on Mavtech about five years ago. And huge sums of money were paid by TomTom for Teleatlas. Uh, and Google has spent literally hundreds of millions of pounds building its own maps platform. And even Google hasn't necessarily got it right. Uh, and that that location as a platform isn't something that Apple really seems to understand. And I think you can see that in the way they try to construct their Maps app, which was based on data from many different sources, trying to jam it together using, you know, machine tricks. So that's why you've got some of the problems you do with um, place names, with addresses being wrong, with some places being in there that no longer exist. And, you know, that's actually very un-Apple-like to sort of take almost the cheap option. And it speaks to me of them not really understanding how to do that piece properly. Because they have enough money to do it properly if they wanted to. They, they do. Now, wh- now, why is this a problem? Why is this a problem? Because talking about the requirements... They're still selling millions of handsets, right? They're your record, pro- right, well, semi-record quarter. They, they, they're still the best revenue generator on the planet in mobile. Think, think back. You and I went to Nokia World a few years ago. And we whinged and we whinged and we whinged about, you know, Symbian, software, mm. UI, apps, whatever, and, and all the things that were wrong at the time. And, and what was it that all the Nokia people used to say to us, though, when, when they were explaining to you that you were wrong to complain about Symbian? They would say that it was the best smelling smartphone on the planet and there were hundreds of millions of devices. Does that sound at all familiar? Oh, dear. Yeah. And, yeah. When, and now, yeah, of course. when somebody explains to me that I'm wrong to dislike something because they, it is the biggest selling, largest, most popular, my, my argument is, is, is now precisely this, which is it doesn't matter whether Maps upsets people now in terms of immediate sales. The point is, how did Apple manage to launch something which is so below their usual high bar? And does that failing tell us something about how they're going to behave in future? Because they've done this a few times now, and it's stopping to look like an accident, and it's starting to look either like, a genu- as Rafe says, somebody genuinely misunderstanding 
what the time and effort you have to put into these services or actually just not valuing them and thinking that it's okay to put out a second rate experience because it's more important to have a nice hardware build or, or some other priority. And you are right, the incumbency effect does protect them just as it has protected Nokia and protected BlackBerry as well but it becomes a long-term problem. <laughs> Enough of that. At, at some point, you can't turn. You can't, you can't just wave a magic wand and fix it. It does serious damage to your brand, to the way you're perceived. And I think that's the danger that Apple faces, especially when we know they've got further transitions ahead of them. You, know, you were talking earlier about the Fisher-Price UI. At some point or other, there's going to be a fairly radical update of iOS changing the look and feel. If they mishandled the transition for Maps, is there a danger they might mishandle the transition for something else? Because that's really something they've they've never done before. Do you, do you think maybe the leap from going to OS X that was a big yeah. transition which they handled quite smoothly? But even that wasn't done particularly well. If you look at say the story on the Adobe applications, which were the bread and butter of Apple OS or Mac OS, mm. and didn't get to OS X in the timely fashion that maybe they should have done, that could easily happen again. Especially when you consider how many more players there are in the iOS ecosystem compared. You know so. It's almost a lack of confidence about what they'll do next. And I think that will have first an impact in the industry, but later on it will be the way consumers perceive them. And I think for Apple it's particularly dangerous because they are regarded as the ones who always make it right, who have the perfect experience. And once you kind of shatter the glass mirror, you can't see what's looking okay. back at you anymore. What's the best smartphone you can buy today in the United Kingdom? I think it's still an iPhone. But that gap, that, that time that you spend thinking about how good, you know, my, the phone I chose is so much better than the next one, it, it is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and do actually, you think that's been accelerated by, by, by Maps and a few other, yeah, Apple but, uh, again, movements? But I, I think those are two different conversations as well because right now the Maps really irritates me and you can work around it mm. and it's a major failing in one particular feature. But more, imp more importantly, I think... Um, what happens when they clo more closely integrate cloud services? What happens when they more, you know, more broadly make the ecosystem a bigger piece where your data flows around a whole Apple ecosystem? Because what makes what what's happened actually is not that I particularly think iOS six is is really really terrible, but it makes me worried more about the future. Why would I buy into Apple? Why would I put all my data into that ecosystem that's slowly getting worse and worse and worse? And almost the fact you had to ask that question, you know, provides its own answer. Is Apple iPhone the best anymore? I think Ben's right. For a lot of people, it's, it still will be. But I think you can make a very justifiable argument for a lot of group of users that something else is better. And it's not just on cost grounds, because that's the very obvious one, and that's mm. always applied. But right at the top end now, you can say to certain users, actually, you'll be better off buying this phone, and it might be an Android device, it might be a Windows phone device, it might be the new BlackBerry 10 device. Probably won't be, though. Uh, I think it might be. Pro pro well, well, we'll see. But the point <laughs> being is, for the last three or four years, the iPhone has been the device to buy. It's not anymore. There is more competition now. There is a, an alternative, an argument to be made that Apple you know, isn't there. And as soon as that happens, it kind of falls off its, its perch of perfection. You know, I went into the Vodafone store today to buy an upgrade to iPhone 5 for my wife. And uh, the guy didn't know it was from my wife. He says, why are you buying an iPhone? I said, well, I, you know, just, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and I was about to explain it from my wife. He said, you probably want the Galaxy. Now that, gentlemen, is quite a shocker. Okay, because as you say, Ray, for the last X years, the, these guys, you walk in, iPhone, yes, thanks, goodbye. Pretty simple. This guy was actively trying to persuade me, genuinely, because I think he was thinking, he looked at me and thought, no, no, you probably want, you probably want the Galaxy or the, or the Note. And then when I, explained it from my, uh, when I explained it was from my wife, he went, yeah, fine, okay, right. 
I find that quite interesting. Now, what do you think? Do you remember a little while ago I wrote a post saying your uh, iPhone is not cool anymore. Uh, your Vicky Pollard is now an iPhone user, as in the, the average Joe on the street can go and buy a flipping iPhone for next to nothing. It's not very cool, not very exclusive. The, these guys are pumping these things out to the wider market. Do you think it's now a mass market phone and completely losing its cool? And therefore, is there a nice entry for another provider, another company? At what point does Apple really start wavering and shaking? I think it, it, it is. Have ma- we already got there? You know? it, it, is ma- it is mass market, but only in certain markets, which is course, the, yes, the, the cop out. Um, and but I can't think of any company that I would trust to. Um, to produce a more a more expensive, more valuable uh, handset, but also I think that the the value and the accessibility will start to be into the services rather than just into the handsets themselves. So, but I think the really big challenge is exactly what Rafe was was saying, which is um, as they manage these transitions, because they've gone mass market, they can't be quite as ruthless as they had been previously in doing big refreshes or spin bring, it. They can't spin it, right? Well, but they can't. They we, can, we all bought the concept, right? Well, they, they did, but also you look at look at back in back in the day. Who were they trying to persuade to come with them? About people who wanted them to succeed, a small niche following yeah. who were who were big fans. Working now you now you've got to move an entire market um, of people who are quite happy with the way it is. Thank you very much. And it's the as, as Rafe says, you know, you've got to overcome that kind of six year cycle. And so I think that what's going to happen is is. Because this, the because these are things are out of phase, that actually Android will move into that gap and will fill it. Not because it's better, but because it has longer to go before it hits that problem itself. And I think you can also make an argument for Microsoft and Windows Phone being available at the right time. Well, I'm, I kind of have to do this, I guess, but I think it is more than just Android. But if you look at the way that Microsoft has architected its entire strategy looking forward... It's really about cloud and services and connecting tablets, laptops, desktop, even the Xbox underneath your TV. And I've been saying for quite a long time, it's not about the, you know, the mobile phone being a singular device. It's going to have to become part of a, a greater you know, ecosystem of devices, for want of a better word. But you, know, you won't just be doing stuff on your phone. You expect it to connect and interact with everything else. And that's where you know, Apple have recognized that that's why they've done Apple TV. That's why there's things like Air Display. That's why OS X and iOS are getting closer together. But there are other companies out there who, who do that. And actually, I think people shouldn't underestimate Microsoft in, in that sense. With things like SkyDrive, all the pieces are there. And there's a, a new battle coming as to who can get that right first. And you know, it's very complex to call a winner on that. And I think you know, there are essentially three players in it, honestly. And Apple's one of them, but they they don't have the advantage they had even a year ago, where they were the automatic first choice. And the the advert for the Microsoft Party you now finishes. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Well, know. The, well how much is a five ten going to be? I saw about a hundred dollars. It's going to be about hundred dollars. Yeah, and that's, that, that's, that's going to make quite it. a dramatic change. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know whether Microsoft is going to move into that space because I don't think even as nice as the, some of the Nokia handsets and the HTC handsets coming are, that they look to me as polished and as appealing in the hardware sense as Apple's, Apple's hardware is. But I think the, the, the argument still stands is that there is a backlog of issues that Apple have to, have to deal with and they are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so when the bang comes, if they don't slowly fix these, if they don't put in place mm-hmm. a strategy now that brings people with them, uh, there's going to be a pop and it's going to be a RIM or a Nokia-like pop 
as all of a sudden, you know, uh, not cool anymore. It's not cool anymore, and actually, that matters way more than any, any of the technology arguments we've been making at all. Because yeah, people they're buy totally it, dependent on people on buy people buy iPhones for mostly for emotional reasons, not yeah. for technical specification reasons. Uh, and, and I think you're right. Honestly, you know, there's lots of work still to be done for Nokia, HTC, Microsoft on the mobile piece. But because this, you know, is becoming about more than just the mobile phone, other factors start to come into play. And the strength of Microsoft is obviously on desktop server enterprise. And that will have a, a trickle-down effect, just as Apple's, you know, iPhone has been a halo product and ensured it's had better laptop and desktop sales. So I think, you know, that will come from both directions. And actually, in one sense, Apple somewhat... Ironically, if you'd looked at the market 10 years ago, it's coming from mobile piece first, and the others are arguably coming down the other way. Uh, and that's why this alliance between Microsoft and Nokia was so interesting. And I wonder whether Apple will have to you know, completely go against its nature and maybe end up working with someone else in order to get that complete piece. I, I think it will be very hard for them to do so because it's against the whole company DNA. And you see the same thing with Samsung and Google potentially they are going to have to ally quite closely in order to have that complete peace. Uh, and we are talking about, you know, five, ten years, but this is, this is the battleground. It's not just a singular device anymore. Okay, so we started off probably with a theory, possibly, I'm not quite sure, I forget, it was a long time ago. Well, <laughs> we, we started off with the theory that Apple are the next Nokia. Do we think that that still stands? And if so, what's the next challenge that they have to face uh, with the next release or the next device? You get uh, one sentence because we're running out of time. You and McLeod. I think they are the next Nokia, and I think they will have to work hard to retain the the stylish, cool set who set the standards and the trends whilst you know looking to the, the, the rest of the wider market. And I don't know if this inward... Ni- you know, formerly niche-focused company. I don't know if they can deliver that. I, I think it's right. a useful shorthand. And just as Nokia had the problem when smartphones shifted from early adopters uh, to sort of almost mass market, Apple are now having the problem where it really truly is going mass market and mm. they're no longer set for that as they once were. Yeah, I think the, for me it seems that every company is the next Nokia when they have a six-year-old ecosystem. It doesn't mean it's not singling Apple out as being no. uh, having a, having a unique problem. The problem is that Apple's arriving there now, and Apple matters most because they're the biggest, most profitable, uh, most prestigious company. And so the way that they the way that they tackle this will either prove the rule or will demonstrate that somebody can think their way out of it. And so we will have to see. Guys, always a pleasure to be back. Um, uh, we we probably ought to tidy up the website. It's going to look a bit old. So um, watch watch the website. I'll be uh, I'll be tidying it up at some point soon to go to go along with season four. If you enjoyed this, please comment in any way possible, but preferably through SoundCloud if you can, because I quite like that inline commenting. Um, I'll be rejuvenating the newsletter. I know. Yeah, we should. You should. You should listen. It, it's dead good. <laughs> and. Um, if you've got any thoughts about how you feel about Apple, were you let down by Maps? Do you think it's an issue, or actually is it just being overplayed? Has Apple going to ride this one out like and they the did? The answer is it's not being overplayed. Okay, just in case I want to know. But it is all right to feel a bit sorry for Apple. Let, let's they have had everyone piling on top of them. No, no, that's not all right. They've got a hundred and something billion dollars. Fix it. Okay, and on that note, thank you very much for listening, <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Goodbye.